And the Lord said, Truly I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on that day of judgment than for that city. Matthew 10, 15. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of heaven, and he overthrew those cities and all the surrounding area and all the inhabitants of the city and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife from behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Now Abraham got up early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the surrounding area. And behold, he saw the smoke of the land ascend like the smoke of a furnace. Genesis nineteen twenty four twenty eight. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to the Legion of Michael podcast. We took a little break uh, last week for the holiday, took a little time to uh, rest and relax and refresh my brain, and we are back. And as I speak the words into this microphone, it is June, it is the month of June, and this has been designated by the, the sinful, evil inhabitants of our country the sinful, shameful, shameless, I guess you would say, evil inhabitants of this nation as quote-unquote Pride Month. And I don't refer to that as such. I refer to it as Shame Month. And I could not sit in good conscience and just allow this to go by. So we're going to talk today about shame month and about the embracing of sin and about how sin does not cease to be sin just because it is sanctioned by man or by the state, just because evil men in positions of power have decided that they're going to sanctify sin or sanction sin or embrace sin doesn't remove the evil from it. Now, for those of you... uh, Well, for those of you who are familiar with your Old Testament, you'll be very familiar, obviously, with the story of Abraham and Lot and the the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, you guys are intelligent human beings. I'm not going to insult your intelligence by reminding you. But uh, for those who don't understand or realize, sodomy is fornication. Sodomy is sin. Sodomy is unnatural sexual behavior between men. 
And you say, well, where did that come from? Uh, it came from Saddam. Yeah. So thousands and thousands of years ago, back in the beginning in Genesis, man decided that he was smarter than God. Man decided that he desired, uh, well, the, the sins of the flesh. And uh, what happened? How was he punished? Now, going back to the very beginning, let's talk about the very beginning. Those of you who consider yourselves to be Christians, and I'm assuming most of you who are listening to me, uh, consider yourselves to be Christians. In the book, it says, For God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. Yes, indeed. And then in uh, Genesis chapter 2, 24, what does he say? He said, For this cause a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife, and they're talking about Adam and Eve, were both naked and were not ashamed. God said that he's known us from the womb. He's known us from the very beginning. In the very beginning, he created them man and woman, and that is God's perfect plan for us. And why is that? Because men by nature are different than women, and women are different than men. They are biologically, they are psychologically different. They are the yin-yang. They are the opposites that attract. They are the opposites that support one another. Women are supposed to be kind and nurturing. If you read your Bible, you will see how women are supposed to be the calming element over the household they're supposed to be the nurturing element over the household because men, by their nature, seek and desire to be strong and to conquer and so forth. And so when we blend the two together, we have harmony. When we do not, we have disharmony. But from the very beginning, God said that a man and a woman, that a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. God adorned the marriage between a man and a woman in Genesis chapter 2, all the way back to the beginning. Now, in chapter 18 of Genesis, uh, beginning at, uh, at verse 20, And the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. That's a quote from God. Not from man, not from Abraham or Lot or anyone else. According to God our Father, he says, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. And what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah? They were engaging in fornication, unchaste, and unclean behavior. And God continued and said, I will go down now and see if they have done entirely according to this outcry which has come to me. And if not, I will know. And it continues in verse 22. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. You see, Abraham was speaking to God about the problem of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
And Abraham, this is when uh, we, I referred to this way back in the, in the very beginning uh, when I was, had Troy Clopton on the show. And we talked about how Abraham, being the reasonable guy, was trying to bargain with God. And he said, and he said uh, <laughs> Abraham came near and said, Wilt thou indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Wilt thou indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from thee to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it for them for thee. <laughs> shall, not, uh, uh, shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place. And then if you know your Bible, you know that uh, Abraham goes on and he's like, well, well, what about 40? 45. How about 45? And then he says, well, and God says, okay, if we find 45, then I'll spare him. Well, 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 and Abraham is hedging his bets here. He says, well, what about 40? If you find forty, and God says, "All right, well then I'll spare him," and, and Abraham's like, "Well, what if what if there are only thirty righteous found within Sodom? Will you spare it?" And he says, "He will." <laughs> ah, Abraham, yeah, Abraham. And in chapter nineteen of Genesis, he says, "Now two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom." When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. And he said, Now behold, my lords, please turn aside uh, into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet that you may rise early and go on your way. They said, however, No, but we shall spend the night in the square. And he urged them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he prepared a feast for them, and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out that we may have uh, our way, or I'm sorry, bring them out to us that we may have relations with them. Yeah, that's what was going on in Sodom. Two angels, two strangers, arrive in the town, go to the house of Lot, and the men of Sodom, both young and old, surround his house and says, and they say, hey, send those guys out so that we can have our way with them. You, you wonder why God smote Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone? But Lot went out to them, went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Now behold, I have two daughters who have not yet had relations with man. Please let me bring them out to you. So Lot was willing to sacrifice his daughters to the mob to save the strangers. How crazy is that? Oh, please let me bring them out to you 
and do to them whatever you like, only nothing to these men inasmuch as they have come under the shelter of my roof. So essentially Lot was acknowledging that these men had come under the protection of his roof. Therefore, it was his responsibility to protect them. That's pretty hardcore. That's pretty hardcore. How many of you would do that? Or how many of you would just cast the strangers out and say, go ahead and have your way with them? But they said, stand aside. They wouldn't have none of it. This one came in as an alien and already is acting like a judge. They're talking about Lot. Now we shall treat you worse than them. So they're going to do worse than Lot. And so they pressed hard against Lot and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house, the angels. The two angels reached out their hands and brought him into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both great and small, and so that they wearied themselves trying to find the doorway. The angels struck them down. You say, all right, well, yeah, I, I get that. And going on and continuing with the story. Now, remember, Abraham is the one who was pleading for Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember, Abraham was pleading with God, and he said, well, if you find 50 righteous people, will you spare the city? And he said, yeah. How about 40? How about 30? How about, well, there wasn't that many. There was one. There was Lot and his family. And in, in verse 27, now Abraham arose early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he saw, behold, the smoke of the land ascended like the smoke of a furnace. And why is that? And why is that? And as we saw from the, the very beginning the first chapter that I read you or, or the beginning of this show. What happened? It says, God overthrew those cities and the surrounding area and all the inhabitants and what grew on the ground. And he rained fire and brimstone down from the heavens upon them and literally, utterly, totally destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Why did God destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Because of covetousness, because of fornication, because of sins of the flesh, because they were engaging in sodomy. Ladies and gentlemen, just because Netflix or Hulu or the, uh, the criminals hiding behind fences in Washington, D.C., just because they have sanctified sin does not mean that it is not sin. Just because evil men have endorsed sin does not make it not sin. It does not remove the evil from it. And that is the work of Satan. Satan is the great deceiver. Satan is the great liar. He is the master of lies, if we've been told. You say, well... Okay, Paul, but all that stuff you're talking about, that's all Old testament stuff, and that doesn't apply anymore, right? Because now the New Testament applies, and so it's okay to engage in sinful behavior, in sodomy. It's all right. 
because that was Old Testament. Now it's new. Let's go ahead and look at the book of Jude. Book of Jude is a, an extremely short book, and if you remember, it comes right before Revelations at the very end. In Jude, uh, well, there's only one chapter, so verse 4 through 8. And, Jude, and uh, Jude, a bronze servant of Christ, is writing, and he says, For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now I desire to remind you, though, you know all things once and for all, that the Lord, after saving the people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. And angels who did not keep their own domain. What was Satan? Remember, you go back to Revelations. Uh, Satan and his angels rebelled against God, and Michael, the archangel, and his army cast them out. The dragon, the great deceiver, the master of lies, was cast out of heaven down onto earth. Continuing in Jude, says, Now I remind you, now I desire to remind you that you know all things. Once for all, that the Lord, after saving the people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe, and angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode. He has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day, such as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they, in the same way as these, indulged in gross immoralities and went after strange flesh are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Yet in the same manner, these men also by dreaming defile the flesh and reject authority and revile angelic majesty. And then for those of you who are members of Legion of Michael, uh, Michael is mentioned in verse 9. And just as a quick aside, it says, But Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him railing judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. So in the New Testament, in the book of Jude, we are reminded of the punishment of Sodom and Gomorrah. We are reminded that they indulged in gross immoralities and went after strange flesh and were punished for it. You say, all right, well, that's just one New Testament. There's just one thing in the New Testament. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, he says, And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example of what is coming for the ungodly. Peter is reminding us that 
That was the warning. Hey, hello, mankind. Sodom and Gomorrah was the great warning. That was God saying, here's your warning. From now throughout all of history, this is your warning. Do not do this or you will be punished. But Satan, the great deceiver, has convinced us that we are smarter than our ancestors. Satan, the great deceiver, the master of lies, has convinced us not to call out the sin. Now you say, Paul, I'm, I'm not a sinner. Well, we're all sinners. You say, I do not directly and purposefully engage in homosexuality, in sodomy, in fornication. I don't do that. Okay. Do you endorse it? No, I don't endorse it. You don't? Do you speak against it? Well, I don't speak against it, and I won't speak against it because, well, it makes people feel bad. Because some people have decided that that's just how they want to live their life. And as a Christian, we're told not to judge. So we'll just let it go. Now, when I was brought up in the church, we were taught to love the sinner but hate the sin. We are all sinners, and we all fall short of perfection. But what we don't do and what God expects us to do is he expects us, if we sin, to acknowledge that sin and to repent, to essentially apologize to him. Acknowledge the sin, repent, and turn from it. But what we've been told, what we've been convinced, is that what we have to do is we have to bring sinners into our churches and not love them, but we have to love, endorse, and support their sinful behavior. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not the words of Christ. That is not the words of God our Father. That is not the direction that we were given from the very beginning. What did Christ say? What did he remind us? When he sent his disciples out to minister, this is one of my favorite verses about knock the, the dust off your shoes. He said, it is your responsibility to minister to them. Go forth and spread the word. But if after giving the word, after delivering the word, they still reject you, if they still reject you, if they still refuse to listen, then when you leave that house, when you leave that town, knock the dirt off of your sandals. Knock the dust off of your shoes. Because truly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on that day of judgment than for that city. Ladies and gentlemen, that is powerful. Those are the words of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our perfect example. Notice he didn't say, well, if you go into that city and they say, well, we've decided as men that this is okay. That, well, maybe, yeah, back a while ago, God said not to do that, but we've decided we're smarter than God and we're going to go ahead and ignore that. Did, did Jesus say to his disciples, go out and if they endorse sin, go ahead and endorse it with them? 
to sanctify their sin? No. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He said it will be more tolerable. Think about that. So it will be better for those that were smote by fire and brimstone and utterly wiped out from the face of the earth than for those people who reject the word. Kind of makes you wonder. You're like, what could be worse than fire and brimstone and having your city reduced to ashes? And as we saw, as, as Abraham saw, the smoke from the city rose like that from a furnace. Just because sin is popular or sanctioned by man does not remove the evil from it does not remove the evil stigma from it. It doesn't make it okay. And you say, but Paul, there are, well, there are organizations in the world who call themselves Christian churches who endorse and sanctify homosexual behavior. Yes, there are. And they are false prophets, and we have been warned about those false prophets. We have been warned about those false prophets who lead men astray. Going back to the, well, I, I guess it was episode two or three, when we, when we went down and we, and we dealt with the Ten Commandments individually, we talked about how God said, here's ten rules. Ten, not a hundred, not a thousand, just ten. Follow these rules. That's all you have to do. If you want to live well and prosper on this earth, because our God, our Father, knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our weak and sinful nature. Just like parents know the weak and sinful nature of children, children will constantly try to rebel because that is in their nature. Their brains are not yet fully developed. They are still learning. And by nature, children are very selfish creatures. But as Solomon has said, well, as Solomon pointed out innumerable times in Proverbs, you say, oh, well, that, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child thing. Now, that wasn't, wasn't just one. There were numerous, there have been numerous admonitions telling parents, you need to discipline your children. Because if you discipline them when they are young, they will grow up and they will be good men and women and productive citizens. And if you fail to discipline them, if you say, well, okay, if that's what you want to do, I know that it's wrong. I know that it's incorrect. But if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. Is that how a good parent raises a child? We've seen the, uh, well, we have been reaping the 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 sorrow we've been reaping the 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 crop of children who were raised by weak spineless sycophant parents parents who wanted to be their kids friend first and their parents second and just let them do whatever they want they let the children i guess you could say sin didn't correct them well they'll figure it out when they're older no, they won't figure it out when they're older. When they're older, they will be spoiled, indulgent, overgrown babies. You see, God our Father is our Father. He is our parent. 
and he knew that he had to discipline us. Sodom, the example of Sodom and Gomorrah, it's not a coincidence that this comes at the very beginning of the book. The, the book of Genesis, the book of the Bible, at the very beginning. We are given a warning. Don't do that. And for the entire history of mankind, men have rebelled against it. And they've said to God their father, we do not acknowledge you. We do not. We will do what we want because we are smarter than you. We have grown arrogant. The United States of America, I will not speak to the rest of the world because, quite frankly, I believe the rest of the world is finished. I believe the rest of the world is doomed to eternal slavery until the second coming of Christ when they will receive their punishment and their judgment. The United States of America has fallen into decay. We, as Christians, have remained silent in the face of sin. We have been cowed. We have been tricked by Satan, the great deceiver, the master of lies. We have been convinced somehow that calling out sinful behavior and rejecting sin is intolerant. It's good to be intolerant. Read the book. I wrote it. We've allowed ourselves to be silent. And rather than exercise or administer discipline and reproof, it's one of my favorite words from Proverbs, reproof. Solomon is constantly reminding you that it is your duty to administer reproof and discipline. Oh, but I thought Jesus said don't judge people. Mm-hmm. Judge not, lest ye be judged. That is that is the uh, the phrase. Of course, when when sinners and sinful people when when the the representatives of the state when people who embrace sin, when they face Christians, their favorite verse is, judge not lest ye be judged. They don't read any of the other parts. They don't read the Ten Commandments part. They don't read the Sodom and Gomorrah part. They don't read the Revelations part. They don't read any of that. But they take that and they want, they want to throw that in our faces. But it goes back to love the sinner Hate the sin. Christ never said, judge not lest ye be judged, and go ahead and embrace the sin. Sanctify the sin. Ignore the sin. Endorse the sin. No, he never said that. We are to love the sinner. We are to lead them to the light. We are to, like the disciples, we are to deliver the message. That's what I'm doing right now. We are commanded to deliver the message, and if the masses, if what, if the people who are popular, if the ruling class sinful elitists don't like it, that's not our problem. We have done our job. If you deliver the message, if you say, brother, sister, I love you, but your behavior is sinful. 
I love you as a person and as a child of God. And as a person, as a child of God, I will love you, but I will not endorse your sinful behavior. I will not condone your sinful behavior. And this just doesn't have to be sodomy, but that happens to be the topic of shame month in the United States. Satan got into the hearts, Satan overthrew the hearts of the sinful, selfish, short-sighted men and women of America, and he had them put forth a campaign called Pride Month. And I'm never going to say that again on this radio. Shame Month, where we endorse sinful behavior. I truly am, am grateful to God our Father right now because he's looking down at us he's looking down at the united states of america and he sees this glorification of sinful selfish self-indulgent behavior and i can only imagine the feeling of god our father and he said thousands of years ago i gave you the example of the punishment of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like, that's the example. Don't do that. And what have you done? You've allowed Satan to enter your hearts. You've allowed Satan to trick you, people who are Christians, into being silent. And silence is consent. You see the sinful behavior right in front of your face, and you turn away because you don't want to offend. You're afraid to offend. Well, well, if I bring this up, if I say this, then, then those who are engaging in that behavior won't like me. They won't want to be my friend. Or the state will punish me, like bakers and florists and photographers, those who have been persecuted by the state for their beliefs. Would you rather be persecuted by the state or would you rather perish in endless flame and fire? What did, what did Peter remind us of? Peter, 2 Peter 2.6. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example of what is coming for the ungodly. That is what is coming. That is what is in the future for the sinful and the ungodly and the unrepentant and for those who lead their brothers astray. The last thing I'm going to say to you guys is this. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Truly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable in the, for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that city or for those men, or those people. You do not have to sanctify sin. You do not have to endorse sin. And if sinful men, if minions of Satan try to throw it in your face and say, ah, oh, you know, Jesus said, judge not, lest you be judged. That has nothing to do with sin. We love the sinner we hate the sin. We say to the sinner, we love you. You are a child of God, and we want you to be saved. We deliver the message. But when delivering the message, we do not endorse the sin. 
and it is going to be bad. And I, for one, cannot remain silent about it. I'm not going to remain silent about it. And I've been pondering on this for, well, some time. And I asked God, I said, I said, how can I deliver your message? How can I deliver this message so that people will understand? And I hope that I have done my job. Ladies and gentlemen in my audience, you can always go to legionofmichael.com. If you have not signed up for the training program yet for the church security program, I, I highly recommend that you do it. It's available to everyone. Uh, you can do it as distance learning. There's a book called Legion of Michael, uh, Protecting Houses of Worship, and it's on Amazon. And uh, we would love for you to check out the book, check out the training. And we're going to go ahead and close this week with the Warrior's Prayer. And the Warrior's Prayer is, well, we, we come before God and we ask him for the wisdom and the courage and the strength. And it goes like this. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.